Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows you. Tim Howard. Oh, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. Our guest this week, John Orand. He is the terrific media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. Lots of TV ratings to discuss, the future of streaming, media rights, just a lot of things. I wanted to bring John back on. He joins me pretty regularly And uh, I thought now would be a good time to bring him back on, especially in light of some of the comments that Mark Cuban made on last week's edition of Sports Business Radio. I hope you heard that interview. If you didn't, you can hear that. Ken Griffey Jr., John Smoltz, Candace Parker, Kathy Engelbert, many other great interviews from this year by going to sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good, and I always love having John on. He has some always some good tidbits and stats and some analytics and numbers. Just a good uh, 30 minutes of learning. I love listening to him. Yeah, I agree. If you listen to John and you don't get smarter, then you're not paying attention. So much like Mark Cuban last week, uh, just had some great... You know, He's a guy that sees the world five to ten years ahead of the rest of us. So to listen to someone like that speak... And by the way, I'll give a plug on behalf of Mark Cuban. This Friday, the season 12 debut of Shark Tank, October 16th on ABC. And you heard Mark describe how they had to change taping for COVID. And, you know, you had the pitch people, uh, you know, the the entrepreneurs who had to quarantine for eight days before they could come out and pitch. So pretty interesting setup. But this Friday on ABC, the debut of Shark Tank season 12. All right, Griggs, let's get to some headlines. The Lakers, they did it. They win the NBA title in the bubble over Miami in six games. I am ecstatic for Jeannie Buss, who really becomes only the second woman majority owner in the modern sports era. Georgia Frontieri did it with the Rams. Um, There were some people long ago that had a stake in the team. But what Jeannie did, which was have to, you know, basically withstand a, a coup from her siblings. If you've listened to her show from April of 2019 on Sports Business Radio, she explains how that was a tough battle for her with her siblings. And you know, her father, when he died, wanted her to have controlling interests. He wanted her to be the governor. You can only have one governor with the NBA. He wanted her to be the one governor. She has become that governor. She's done a great job. And I'm very, very happy for Jeannie Buss, Griggs. Yeah, it's pretty cool, too, just because of the Kobe loss, too, to have them win. You know, uh, that, that, that just... It kind of sinks at home for LA, so I'm excited for that part of it. And Jeannie's just class. I enjoyed meeting her, like you said, when we had her on the show. And she's just uh, you can't you can't not be happy for her. And uh, you know, think about LA. They were bottom of the barrel just a few years ago, and now here they are champions. So, congrats to LA. Yeah, Jeannie Bus lost her mom and Kobe this year. So this is a a bright light in a year that's been very very difficult. Uh, you know, credit to Rob Palinka. And the Lakers front office, they withstood a lot of criticism and they, you know, built a good squad around LeBron James, primarily acquiring Anthony Davis. A lot of people thought they gave up too much in that deal, but obviously it led to a championship. And I really think, Griggs, we'll see if the Lakers win again, but I think this was their window. And you look at next year where the Clippers are going to have desperation because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George their contracts expire after next season. So if they don't win a title, are they going to leave? So I think it's going to be a tough deal for the Clippers. They've got to get it done next year. The Golden State Warriors, Steph and Clay are returning. They've got a top five pick, which they could either use on their own or they could flip it for a veteran. I think it's going to be tougher competition next year. I also want to congratulate our friend, Coach Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat. Coach Spoh is 
good friend, been a friend for a long time. We've been to the Philippines together. Our families know each other. He put his blood, sweat, and tears into that team, and I think he did his best coaching job ever with that team this year. There was no superstar on that team, although I think Jimmy Butler has morphed into a superstar now after what we saw in the NBA Finals. But I'll tell you what, he develops players about as well as any coach I've ever seen outside of maybe Bill Belichick. He just, you know, you look at Duncan Robinson and you look at some of the other players, Kendrick Nunn, that were undrafted and what they did this year. And you only do that if you have a great coach developing you and and seeing your, you know, that you're kind of a gem, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, let's not forget, too, they lost two starters. I mean, they didn't play without two of their starters for the first three games. I think if Dragic is playing, this goes seven games hands down. And, uh, you know, he's got basically Jimmy Butler and a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds. It's fascinating. Tyler Hero was a star. I mean, it's just crazy what uh, what he did. I love Spolstra. I love how he coaches. He just keeps a mental head straightforward and just coaches the game. And I thought Miami just balled out of their backside and really made it competitive. So the future is bright for them. You mentioned they have a lot of young players. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. So, you know, they're going to have a nice window here if everyone stays healthy. And you never know. Miami is an attractive place to go because of that heat culture and because there's no uh, state income tax. If they land a big free agent in the next year or two, that could change everything. I mean, there have been rumors about... uh, you know, everyone from Giannis going there to uh, Joel Embiid because he's very close with uh, Jimmy Butler. So if the Sixers decide to break up Embiid and Simmons, maybe Embiid winds up in Miami somehow and Bam goes back the other way. You have no idea, but I think it's going to be interesting to watch what happens in Miami. Congratulations to Coach Spo. All right. The MLB is in their final four. We've got the Astros and the Rays in the ALCS. We've got the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLCS. Right now, as we record this, Griggs, it's two games to none Rays, and it's one game to nothing Braves. Now, I have all the respect in the world for the Rays and the Braves, but if that winds up being the World Series, that is an absolute fat L, as my daughter would call it, (laughs) for Fox with TV ratings because no one knows anyone on the Tampa Bay Rays. Few people know the Atlanta Braves, even though they're really, really good. The Rays had the best record in in the American League this year. When the Yankees lost, Griggs, the Yankees participated in nine of the top 10 viewed games this year. So that was a big loss for Fox. And I just think if it's not... Dodgers in the World Series, that big L.A. market, you've got Rays and Braves. It's going to be really bad for Major League Baseball. On the flip side of that, Griggs, if the Astros get in somehow and come back from this 2-0 lead, what does that say about, you know, they always say cheaters never prosper? Well, (laughs) they would be this year. Yeah, how weird would it be if Houston got back in? That'd be crazy. But I agree with you totally. Like, you got to have Dodgers in there. You just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping LA gets in there. But uh, yeah, Braves and Rays, it'd be like, oh, snooze fest. So hopefully uh, Dodgers and like you said, Houston would be interesting too, just because of where they've come from and all the bad pub and the cheating and all that. So wow, I mean, it could be anything, but I'm hoping for at least the Dodgers in the World Series. And the baseball ratings are, are, you know, all the ratings are down and you'll hear some of those numbers coming up with John Oren in our next segment, but baseball games right now, they're getting two and a half, three million viewers tops. It's just not that many. And, you know, the World Series, again, if you've got Rays and Braves outside of people in Tampa and Atlanta, I don't think you're going to have people nationwide watching that. So we'll see. But uh, I watched a few games so far, really good baseball, but, you know, just not recognizable stars. And that's the problem for Uh, Major League Baseball. They need the young people especially to understand a little bit about some of these star players that we're watching and and get to know them off the field of play. All right. The NFL, Griggs. You ready? More COVID shutdowns. The schedule maker at the NFL, that person is the MVP for 2020. Here are all the games that are postponed because week five Denver and New England game was postponed. So first of all, tonight, Tuesday, we're going to have the Tennessee Titans. Yes, those of 23 positive COVID tests take on 
the Buffalo Bills. If I were the Bills, I would be nowhere near that game when it starts. I, I'm not quite sure how you can have a Tennessee Titans team that has had numerous, not a few, numerous positive COVID tests, and everyone's not quarantining for 14 days, and now you're going to play the Buffalo Bills. So now you play that game, what if the Bills get it? And then what happens after that? It's been a domino effect, but let me just read through some of the list of games that have been moved. So the Broncos and New England game is now going to be played week six on Sunday, October 18th. Kansas City and Buffalo week six moves from October 15th to October 19th. The Jets and Miami game moves from week 10 to week six. The Jets and Chargers moves from week six to week 11. The Jaguars and Chargers game from week eight goes to week seven. The Chargers and Broncos game moves from week 11 to week eight. The Chargers at Dolphins moves from week seven to week 10. And the Dolphins at Broncos game moves from week six to week 11. I don't even know. I mean, I'm picturing like this enormous chart in the NFL office and some people in there just scratching their head going, all right, we got to move this over here and this goes over here. What a mess. But I guess the NFL, like we've said, all these leagues have been scenario planning. They must have scenario planned for these types of things to occur. The dry erase board is using the eraser a lot. It feels like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And no yeah, kidding. No kidding. But uh, I just, I don't understand. We've suggested a few things. Number one, you know, and the Patriots did this a couple weeks ago. You have to fly the same day of the game. You don't stay in hotels. There are other teams that are living in the bubble. So the bubble consists of your practice facility and a team hotel. I just don't think if you're going to get on a plane and travel, I don't understand how you can have players go back into their homes and be around their families and go to the grocery store and maybe go out to dinner and their kids are going to school and they're coming back in the house. It's far from the bubble. So it's no wonder we've seen more and more cases like this pop up in the NFL. And I guarantee you the NBA, the NHL, MLS, other leagues are paying attention to what's going on in the NFL right now. And it's going to determine whether or not they can pull off an outside the bubble scenario in uh, 2021. By the way, I want to go back to the NBA and congratulate Adam Silver on just an amazing job. Zero positive tests while in the bubble. What was it? 106 days or more. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing uh, science experiment and study that they pulled off and everyone was healthy and people bought into it. So congratulations again to uh, Adam Silver on that. Griggs soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo has tested positive for COVID. So again, not just athletes here in the United States, it's athletes all over the world who are testing positive. And, you know, most of these athletes that we've seen on the pro level have come through and they haven't had any lingering problems other than maybe no taste or, or smell. But, you know, it doesn't mean if you get this, it doesn't mean you won't have health problems, respiratory, heart uh difficulty breathing, whatever it is going forward. So it's scary every time you see an athlete or anyone get COVID. Yeah. And I mean, he is the face of soccer or football, I should say. I mean, it's like he's everybody in the world knows who he is. He's the LeBron of soccer. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and like you're saying, it's like this is a respiratory disease too. these guys are running and, and playing all day long. And if they get something in with the lung issue, you know, I mean, who knows if they're going to be able to compete the way they, they did before. So it's scary. And uh yeah, and I, I think soccer, uh, it, Premier League, is, is traveling and playing, and there's some fans in some places, too, so that's scary. All right, this was an interesting story from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. I'm sure most people listening to this have seen the movie Moneyball about Billy Bean and the Oakland A's. You've seen it, right, Griggs? Oh, yeah, fascinating movie. <laughs> Come on now, have you, have you seen it or have you not seen it? I have seen it. No, I have seen it. Yeah, it's great. I love that movie. All right, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean. Um. So according to the Wall Street Journal, Billy Bean is slated to leave the A's to pursue opportunities outside of Major League Baseball. Bean is 58 now. He's the co-chair of Red Ball Acquisition Corp., which is set to merge with Fenway Sports Group. Bean would partner with Red Sox owner John Henry in the deal. Bean would not take on a position running the Red Sox, but he would more likely be the architect of the 
uh, other Fenway Sports Group ventures, specifically European soccer. So that would be interesting. Remember at the end of the movie, and this is true, you know, the Red Sox made a run at Billy Bean. And this is back in the early 2000s. Reportedly, they made another run at him in 2019. But remember, you know, they put the napkin there. John Henry did. And it was like, had the little figure written on and he looked at the napkin and he had to go home and figure out, was he going to leave the A's or was he going to stay there? And he ultimately stayed. But, you know, they lost again this year in the playoffs. The A's are like masterful at the regular season. They just cannot break through when it comes to the playoffs. And I wonder if Billy Bean is just like, you know what, this model isn't going to work at in Oakland. And I'm going to go try some other things. He's a very smart person but uh that'll be interesting to watch and see what happens yeah i think like you said 58 years old i mean he's definitely young enough to keep pursuing dreams and ideas and i think you're right i think these these guys that are these big time players um they kind of they get stagnant in one spot so they want to move on and try something differently so i totally think that uh he's got a future doing some different stuff and and maybe some soccer love i like that all right here's the last one and we're going to do a whole show around this coming up soon i'm going to bring someone on to do a show but i I did want to get to this because it is pretty timely The Nike layoffs continue and some people may go, well, you know, it's a sign of the times with COVID. A lot of people are losing their jobs. We have 30 million plus unemployed people in our country. This is different. And when I tell you to pay attention to this, pay attention because this is going to change sports marketing forever. So Nike, Griggs, we know this because we're based in Portland, Oregon. We know the Nike story as well as anyone. Founded by Phil Knight and uh, Bill Bowerman. And it was really kind of started with a deal with Steve Prefontaine. And he was one of the first iconic athletes, distance runner, who wore the Nike shoes and apparel when he ran. And from there, you know, gosh, over the years, obviously, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, uh, lots of amazing athletes have worn Nike shoes and apparel. And they've been paid handsomely to do so. Michael Jordan hasn't played a game in years, and it's still one of the best-selling shoes around. Well, according to the people I've spoken with who have both lost their jobs in the last few weeks, and I send out my you know, best wishes to them, there are vice presidents that are being let go. Some of the you know, core employees of that company who have been there 30, 40 years, they're being let go. And why, Griggs? Nike is turning into an e-commerce company. So one of the things they're going to do is instead of basketball, football, running, tennis, you know, remember John McEnroe back in the day? He was one of their first endorsers. There's going to be three categories, men's, women's, and kids. So no more sport, no more, hey, go get LeBron's latest shoe. It's going to be men's, women's, and kids. The other thing that we're going to see change is they're not looking for the best athletes to wear their shoes and apparel anymore. Hey, how do we find the next Serena? How do we find the next Michael Jordan or LeBron? How do we find the next Tiger Woods? That's going to all go by the wayside. They're also not going to be paying teams anymore. So, you know, maybe Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, those teams get some money. But for the most part, it's going to be, hey, you wear our product, we'll give it to you for free, but we're not going to pay you to wear it. So you remember earlier this year, Under Armour trying to get out of their deal with UCLA. I think they're paying them you know, $30 million a year to wear Under Armour, and they're trying to get out of that deal. Those days are going to be gone. You might see a few schools get some money, but it's not going to be the race of how do I get Nike, Adidas, Under Armour on such and such a school and pay them money to do so. It's going to be, hey, we make the best gear. Are you going to wear it? And Griggs, what does this really come down to? It comes down to the fact that our kids, are they really buying shoes and apparel based on their favorite athlete wearing them? Or are they buying them more because Nike has the cool factor? I can go online, I can customize my own shoe, I can put my name on it, I can put my favorite colors on it, and then it can be at my doorstep in two days, and I never have to step foot in a retail brick-and-mortar store. So things are going to change, Griggs, and the thing that's really amazing is, you know, again, we live here in Portland, Nike's campus is enormous, and they made it even bigger 
a couple years ago, and they did a billion dollars, a billion, not a million, a billion dollars worth of uh, additions on the campus. So you've got a Coach K building, you've got a Sebastian Co building, you've got a Serena Williams building. They look like spaceships. And now you're going to have far less people on campus, and a lot of those buildings are going to be empty. But it's because Nike's changing the way it's doing business. It's less about finding the next great athlete to represent that brand. And it's more about building e-commerce, which has been up this year. But most people's e-commerce has been up because people are ordering product from home while we've been sheltering in place. So Griggs, I think this is going to trickle down to Adidas and to Under Armour as well. Um, I think it might be a good move for Nike long term, but in the short term, it's sad to see a lot of my friends lose their jobs. And I really think you're kind of removing some of the heart and soul of this company that Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman built. Yeah, it's like you said, being in Portland, we've been to the campus. We see it. We know it. It's it's just ingrained in this state. So it's hard to see that. And like we all know people that work at Nike and that's sad. But I think you're right. I think you hit on it, too, like with kids and the younger people everybody's their own brand now. And they like to, like you said, let's go design my own shoe. I don't care what LeBron wears. I want to make my own Nike and then go out and show it on TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff. So I think that side of it is where they're going to grow. But uh, yeah, it's a changing world. Another change from the COVID era, 2020. And here we go with these major companies starting to uh, change how they do business. So uh, uh, something to definitely watch in the near future. Well, in disclaimer, I was a consultant to Nike for about 11 years. So I have a lot of contacts there and have a lot of friends there. And like I said, some friends who have reached out in the last few weeks who have lost their jobs. And these people have been there for a long time. It's not like they've been there for five years. They have been part of the backbone of, of Nike. So anytime that happens where, you know, you've been at a place for such a long time, you've helped build it up and you lose your job, it's, it's really sad. But like I said, I'm going to bring someone who used to work at Nike on in the not-so-distant future, and uh, we'll break this down even more. But, you know, if you're a sports marketing student right now and you're in school, that whole landscape is going to change because, again, the Nikes, Adidas, Under Armors, they're not going to be out there looking for the best athletes to sign. They're going to be trying to figure out how do we build up our e-commerce so that, you know, your 17-year-old or 12-year-old orders shoes online and, you know, does that a few times a year. All right, Griggs, anything else going on uh, with you worth note? Not too much. Just uh, I'm trying to think. We're just kind of hanging out. It's just, We were talking about uh, how different holidays are going to look this year. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see how Thanksgiving comes along and Christmas and just crazy times. 2020 keeps rolling on. Well, and before Thanksgiving, November 12th, the start of the Masters. And I cannot. Hello, friends. I can't wait to see uh, the Masters in November. Like, if I had to pick anything that I'm looking forward to the rest of the year on the sports calendar, it's the Masters in November. You just wonder, like, if it gets dark at 4 p.m., they're going to have to start real early with those tea times. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the Masters sitting there with, uh, you know, the fire crackling and a cup of hot chocolate and my sweater on because it's going to be cold and rainy here. All right, John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, he's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenandMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMain.com, code SBR. My guest is John Orand. He is the tremendous media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. Good friend of the show. You can follow him on Twitter at O-U-R-A-N-D underscore S-B-J. John, how are you? Doing great, Brian. How are you? 
good. I was just looking at, at past shows and saw that you haven't joined me since May. And boy, the world looks so different. You know, back then I went and listened to, to some of our conversation. We were talking about sports just starting up again. And, you know, there were a few things like NASCAR that were going. And, and now we've got all kinds of sports happening. So I wanted to dig into some of those topics with you. Let's start with TV ratings, because that seems to be the the hot topic. And tell me if you have different numbers than the ones I'm about to share. But NBA Finals were down around 48%. Major League Baseball playoffs down around 39%. NFL so far this season down around 14%. NHL down 25%. Stanley Cup was down 61%. So... Big drop in the ratings. Are those the same numbers that you that you have? And then why do you think we're seeing such a drop? Yeah, they're generally the same, and and all, all of the ratings are are down uh, pretty much across the board um, for for sports television. Um, well, for all of television, really. Uh, you know, it, it it depends on how you want to look at these, Brian. I think that like if you look at individual ratings, uh, they're down. Um, if you look at overall sports viewership, that's up. And I think that what we're finding right now is that there are so many sports going on that individually, each of the sports are getting uh, getting hurt. But collectively, it's just showing the power of live sports and live news, really any kind of uh, live programming on, on television. And despite those those numbers that you just mentioned – it, to me, what I'm seeing from from these numbers is just how powerful uh, live sports is and how when the rights fees are coming up, they're going to have all the leverage because all these media companies know that this is sort of a really reliable way to get uh, young people watching in droves that that no other programming genre can bring. So Mark Cuban was on the show last week and I know you did a, a little blurb about it for your newsletter, but what he said is, oh, do, why do we even calculate ratings, essentially? And when you watch a show, whether it's a sporting event or a show on Netflix or Apple, are we looking at those numbers? Do we care? And you know, my answer to him was no. If I'm watching Ozark on Netflix, I'm not looking at the streaming numbers to see how many other people watched it. I just want to watch that show. With sports... I know that they look at ratings because advertisers look at the ratings, the TV networks look at those ratings, but how do you think we should be viewing all of these numbers? So I agree with Mark uh, the, 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 uh, in a lot of ways. I think that uh, I've been really surprised over the past several years. I mean, I write for Sports Business Journal, so we're a business publication that is uh, that primarily read like our, our, our core audience is in the business and, and they're interested in, in sports TV ratings. I've been so uh, surprised, especially over the past uh, several years, at, at just how popular stories that we write on ratings ha- have become, and and people uh, people outside the business are uh, are, are rating them. And I think uh, Mark's main point to you was that they've been politicized. So you know, there usually are you know anywhere from ten to twenty reasons why ratings for a given sport are up or down. And and you can read some of these uh, consumer publications or political publications, and, you know, they'll pick out their one point and say, oh, well, the the NBA has become too woke, and that's why their ratings are down. You know, there there are literally 20 reasons why the NBA ratings are going down. And actually, the NBA embracing social justice measures probably isn't one of them, to to, to be honest. Uh, And and so I understand Mark's frustration with that. For me, a, a general sports audience, I think that if they take a look at TV ratings, it, it gives a snapshot at uh, the popularity of a sport. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't tell uh, the whole story about the popularity of the sport because you have attendance and you have merchandise sales. You have like a, there, there are again a, a billion things to do. But I think it's a it is an interesting look at what is a, a popular uh, television sport. And one of the things that I'm taking from this fall, Brian, is the um, the um, NFL is now going against the NBA Finals. It went against the um, Stanley Cup uh, Finals. 
it's going against Major League Baseball playoffs, college football. This is the first time in really in history that you're able to, from a television standpoint, go and 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 compare the NFL apples to apples with the NBA. Because previously it was like, oh well, the NBA got you know 16 million in June, you know, and the NFL got 20 million in in November. It's it, it's an impossible. Uh, comparison to make but now they're going head to head and you're able to see like wow how just how far ahead the nfl is in popularity we all knew that the nfl was the biggest and most popular but now you really see how far ahead it is when one of their regular season games are getting more viewers than a than an nba finals game but that's just that that's one of many sort of snapshots to uh that, that people can use to determine the health of a and popularity of a, of a sport the other thing is don't we have to kind of recalculate how we look at audience. It used to be you just look at the TV numbers, right? Now you've got younger demos who are just kind of checking in on social media, watching highlights there. You know, they may just want to see the big plays of the game. People are still touching a certain game or sport, but it may not be watching the whole TV broadcast. Totally. And, uh, and, and that's one been one of the struggles is, digitally like how many people are watching the highlights or how many people are watching the even the games digitally because there's no you know nielsen has a lot of problems uh, in terms of how it uh c- collects its viewership da- data uh but at, le- at least nielsen exists as sort of an independent uh company out there with digital you're just sort of depending on the company to release its own numbers and and, and, and nobody actually even knows and one more point i just wanted to make like if i'm a fan of ozark and I'm watching Ozark. Uh-huh. I'm actually going. I'm going to be interested in those streaming numbers because if those streaming numbers aren't big, like I'm not going to be watching Ozark next season. Yeah, that, really? It, 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 yeah, it, it does. It does matter. They 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 need to. It's a in in terms of ratings. If you see your favorite show and all of a sudden it it, it uh, entertainment show, if its ratings one season it gets a uh, cut in half the next se- the following season, you know the, the odds are like it's not going to have a, a very long run. Um, I would, I would want to be interested in that because it, it needs advertiser support, or at least in terms of streaming, it's less so about advertising support, but you know, if it's not, if it's not creating stickiness, if it's not uh, generating any sort of popularity and it's, uh, you know, it, it, there, there has to be some sort of return, I would think for, uh, for Amazon prime. Ozark is Amazon prime, right? No, it's Netflix. Netflix. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Netflix. Then, yeah. Yeah, and so I had uh, Brendan uh, Hunt from uh, Ted Lasso on, Coach Beard on Ted Lasso, co-creator with Jason Sudeikis a a few weeks ago. And, you know, that show, I don't think Apple thought it was going to do nearly the numbers that it's done, but it's turned into this, you know, kind of cult following in, in season one. So they've already renewed it for season two. To me, I've always been a guy, whether it's a movie that's coming out or a show that's streaming, if there's a good buzz about it, I'll check it out. And if I like it, I'll keep watching. But I've never been one that looks at the numbers or cared, you know, is this movie winning awards? And if it's not, then I'm not going to go see it in the theater. I, I But I see your point. I definitely see your point how some people may look at those numbers. How much are the TV networks looking at the TV numbers when they're considering live sports, you said earlier in the conversation, the leagues have the leverage there, but how much are they saying, well, they're down a little bit this year. So we're going to pay you a little bit less money for the rights fees. Uh, they're, they're not looking at it in those terms. Again, they're looking at these ratings as one thing, uh, as one of like uh, 10, 15, 20 things that, that, that they're looking at in terms of what, whether or not to renew. And so whether or not a, uh, a, a sport drops in rate and television ratings from one season to another. I mean, there has to be a, a clear, you know, a five year, 10 year um, run there. I, I take a look at the last time NASCAR number, uh, NASCAR rights came up. Uh, you know, those, those ratings, I think they, they had, they hit a high around 2005. I'm sounding like an old guy now, but they hit a high around 2005 <laughs> and they, they came up about probably seven, eight years later and uh, and the ratings during that seven or eight year run consistently dropped, and they still saw a, an increase because there's there's now in terms of uh, of television uh, networks 
want live programming. They want Dancing with the Stars. They want the Oscars. They want news and they want sports. And because that, that's if you're an if you you like entertainment programming, you're already streaming Netflix and you're already streaming Amazon Prime or or, or Apple TV. Uh, those 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 uh, shows are not bringing big ratings on television. Uh, and if they're not bringing big ratings on television, they're not getting the ad support on television. If they're not getting big ratings or ads, then the networks are going to lose money off of them. So that's why they're, they, they have pivoted for the past five years and have really started taking a look at sports. So if you take a look at the NBA, the numbers that, that you said sound awful, right? But they, they, they have a young demo that uh, the NBA has a young demo that advertisers like. The NBA still um, will, will uh, amass a larger a larger audience than uh, any entertainment show out there, uh, pretty much. And they're going to have net networks falling over themselves trying to get the, try, trying to get those rights. So, despite what you said about the ratings, the the, the rights are even going to be even more valuable. I would suspect when those come up in a couple of years. Well, I almost fell out of my chair when Turner Sports signed a $3.75 billion extension that I guess starts in 2022. I look at baseball and, and hear me out on this theory because of the fact that we're watching all these sports compete each other. Like you just uh, against each other. Like you just, you know, said the NFL and NBA, I'm starting to think that major league baseball, NHL, major league soccer, or maybe even WNBA, certainly W or NWSL, I think they're regional sports, college football. I think they're regional. I only think NFL and NBA are like national sports now. You juxtapose that with the future of RSNs, and a lot of these RSNs are laying people off and they're barely surviving right now. So you've got sports that are looking like they're more regional, but you've got the RSNs who are dying. What does that look like in the future? Uh, yeah, you know, th that's absolutely correct. I think uh, that you have uh, baseball is particularly healthy uh, locally. Um, a lot of those sports that you, you said, if you, if you take a look at their local ratings, they do really well. Yeah, even the NFL, which is much more of a national sport, uh, locally, those the ratings you know, are, are through the roof. Um, in terms of the RSNs, you know, I think what we're seeing right now is a, a real sea change in how people consume um, uh, uh, content or, or consume sports. Uh, I would I would bet your daughter will never be a uh, cable subscriber. Will right. never pay for cable. You're uh, right. I have I have a, a son in college. He will never pay for cable ever. I can't imagine. Um, and so you know, the, the, all all these media companies now are you know at the beginning process of trying to figure out how to how to make money off those local rights whether it's with a an actual channel like an RSN or maybe the league will pull together all of the local rights and and kind of sell these subscription and streaming packages or i mean there are there are a million ways out there but it is such a sea change compared to like when you and I graduated from college I think I, I think I got my cable subscription before I got heat or electricity turned on. You know, it was it was like so cool, right? And it's not cool anymore. It's an it's an old guy medium. So, do you think? I mean, we're seeing those numbers, the cord cutter numbers, go through the roof. And and like you said, our kids will never pay a cable bill. So, if you're these leagues don't you start doing streaming deals? And if you're major league baseball, like you just said, don't you do a package where you're pooling all of the local rights together and putting it into a, a streaming package? Cause you know, especially after talking to Mark Cuban last week, here's a guy that sees five to 10 years in the future. Anyone who's dealing with things as they are right now, you're going to be outdated real soon. Yeah. I mean, and what Mark says, you pretty much go to go to the bank on, uh, with that, but I think that's that's one of the problems that that the leagues face right now is that the importance of sports to TV networks has gotten bigger. So these TV networks are are going to pay uh, a lot more for these rights, even if they're bringing in smaller audiences. Uh, at the same time, uh, the streaming uh, companies, who are like Amazon, is a huge company. They could buy buy and sell, you know, Fox Broadcast Network, uh, but they have not yet dug into those pockets to buy 
um, a major rights package yet. I mean, they've dabbled here and there and they've spent some money in there, but these, you know, Google hasn't really spent on sports. Facebook hasn't spent on sports, Twitter, you know, all, all these, all, all these streaming companies have not done that yet. So, you know, if you're a league now, you, on, on this one hand, and you, you have this traditional uh, cable business or this traditional video business that is um, not paying as that, that, that is paying more even though like you can see that sort of declining. And the, the question is, does it fall to zero or does it, does it uh, level out at some point? And we, we don't know the answer to that yet. And then and when it levels out, what will it actually level out, level out at? So do you take the money, which is considerably more and, 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 or, or do you sort of want to be the first mover and jump over? And, and that's been, that is right now, if you're my editor, that is sort of the story that I need to be pursuing at just when that juxtaposition happens and uh, it's just uh, it's it's the the biggest story in media right now you're listening to sports business radio we'll be right back after this there's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the covid19 pandemic to ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged sports venues are reimagining game day with boingo's 5g connectivity solutions Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner. A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most, and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Disney Plus is doing okay, but most of their programming is, you know, it's past movies. It's movies we grew up with. You know, they threw Hamilton on there and it did really well. But if you're Disney, don't you make a serious run at NFL next time it comes up? And yeah, you put some on Monday Night Football, but you also put some on Disney Plus, which needs some live, original, updated, you know, non-1970s programming. Disney would love to do that. What's a benefit for the NFL? Why would they want to allow their games to be put on a, on a service that isn't that doesn't go to as many people as uh, as ABC, and is certainly going to get a much smaller audience than than, than ABC? So they would have to, you know, turn around and convince the NFL that that that's going to be a uh, a good move. And then if they convince the NFL that's that's a good move, like how much more would they have to pay? Because the NFL is going to isn't going to give it to them for a, for a discount because they they have less less um less viewers. They're going to charge a premium for it. So that's uh, you know they they've been able they they launched ESPN Plus, which is a streaming service, and they've been able for these sort of mid level and smaller college um, conferences they've been able to get those rights on there. The UFC, you know, a big part of that deal is to get a bunch of those rights on there. Uh, but, you know, for, for to convince Major League Baseball and the NFL and the NBA and some of the, you know, some of the major sports in this country uh, to do that, uh, it's, it's, that's going to take a, a, a lot of negotiating. And I, I don't think we're there yet as a, uh, as a business. But if you're Major League Baseball, and look, I, I'm just going to say it, it's an old white guy sport. And they need a younger demo 
if you have an opportunity to do some sort of a streaming deal and try and attract a younger demo, and look, I'm looking at these numbers from these playoff games. You have like two, two and a half million people watching these playoff games. That's nothing. Wouldn't you think if I'm ever going to take a risk and, and try and go where the audience is going to be in the future, now is the time to do a streaming deal? No, I I, I, I don't. If, if you're baseball, you just talked about the, the, the huge deal they just did with Turner. That's right. about a 60% increase over what, what, what they were, uh, they, they were getting already just from Turner. Right. Fox, uh, Fox paid a ton more already. So I, I know that there's a perception that baseball is sort of an old white guy sport, um, which runs counter to actually, if you go to a, uh, an MLB game and, and you take a look at the, at the audience, it's, uh, it, 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 it's, you know, it's, here in DC anyway, it's a, a, a young audience at, 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 that goes to those games. Um, right now, like the, uh, the networks like baseball, uh, ESPN is, is negotiating with baseball. And I, my guess is based on Fox and based on Turner, they're going to get a healthy increase too. Uh, TV networks love sports. They want sports and they're not ready to give up sports to these, uh, to these streaming services. And I think baseball feels like, you know, it's it's one thing to say, let's go stream our games and be part of this platform of the future. Another way to look at that, if you're baseball, well, they're going to take and, and put my my games on a digital ghetto of sorts, and nobody's going to be there. And, and we're just going to be sort of, you know, uh, take, taking our potential audience and, and more than cutting it in half, you know, getting a fraction of, of what it would be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch because, again, we both have kids and they're not watching network TV. They're watching on a mobile device or they're, you know, watching through a streaming platform. And in 10 years, I I think these leagues are going to have to go where the audience is. But in the meantime, yeah, they're getting a lot of money from the TV network. So it's kind of like you're, you're happy with that money you're getting now, but you're going to eventually have to go to where the audience is. At some point, and, and the question is, when does that happen? I mean, if you think, I know you've had uh, David Stern on a, a, a bunch of times. Right. And if you think about what he did back in the, uh, when was this, bro, uh, 2001, 2000, and, and he took all of his games onto cable. And, uh, yeah, and, and people thought he was nuts. NBC. They thought he was nuts, but he was the first mover there. And he, he put up with uh, probably five, six years of, of lower ratings, Uh it, it, it didn't help that uh, Michael Jordan had retired, so the ratings were going to come down anyway. But the ratings came down because they were on NBC and broadcast, and then, then all of a sudden they're on uh, ESPN. And everybody, you know, by the time uh, the uh, commissioner died, everybody thought that that was a brilliant deal. You know, he, he got roasted for it at the time, you know, for, for doing a money grab and making his game avail- available to fewer people. But he knew that that fewer people at the time were younger people that that were watching cable. Yeah, I think that's where we're going with streaming. But like you said, the big question is going to be, when do we see that migration? I want to hit on a few other topics with you before I let you go. Uh, Masters is coming up November 12th. How weird is that going to be to be watching the Masters in November? But I'll tell you, John, I'm liking watching golf because I don't care if there's a gallery or not. I think it's a good TV sport, and I don't know if the numbers play that out, but I'm excited to watch the Masters. You know, golf was one of the the, uh, the good stories when it came back. The ratings were huge, and uh, they, they've dipped a little bit with, a, with a, uh, the competition that came back, but I expect the Masters, uh, especially Masters in November, but it's going to get dark at what four o'clock in yeah. Georgia. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's going to be must watch uh, TV, and uh, and I think also the way that CBS has uh, scheduled it, they have a, a prime, primo uh, SEC game that they move to start. I think about six thirty or, or whatever. So they're going to use the Masters as a lead in to I think it was LSU Alabama game. You know, it's, it's just a, a great game. And then they did the same thing the following day with the NFL. So using the Masters as a lead into the NFL, I just think it's set up to be just a huge number for CBS for that entire weekend. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. All right, baseball. TBS rolled out a new studio show hosted by Ernie Johnson. It's still got Pedro Martinez, Jimmy Rollins. Curtis Granderson is new. What do you think about the new studio show on TBS? 
Yeah, everybody's trying to recreate, uh, recapture the uh, what TBS is, uh, what TNT has done with their basketball right. studio show. Uh, I haven't given it a, 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 enough um, a look to, to see, but I, I do know that that was something that uh, was important to, uh, to TBS, and it was important to Major League Baseball too during this uh, during these negotiations. Like when when uh, Jeff Zucker went in and said that they wanted to make these changes to the pregame show. Uh, Major League Baseball took that as a sign that that uh, that Turner was really interested. It, it just it, it showed them their interest in in the sport and 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 re-upping the sport. And they they just feel that that's you know it's marketing for the game, but it's marketing for the sport as well. And I think that's something that inside the NBA does really really well, obviously for for the NBA. Uh, and it's something that that baseball was was really keen on getting Turner to do for uh, for baseball. Have you seen it? Uh, do, do you like it? I do. And I think Pedro Martinez is the Charles Barkley of that show. Like you just yeah, don't know what he's going to say. He has the, who's your daddy segment. I, I just think he brings a lot of fun to that set. Uh, the other two guys are very knowledgeable, Jimmy Rollins and Curtis Granderson, but Pedro is the one who kind of injects some fun and life into that crew. Yeah. And that's been the case for, for the past couple of years too. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. What about Fox and they've got the world series you know, John Smoltz was on with me a few months ago. I think he does a great job. Tony Romo, I know, gets lots of accolades and they're well-deserved, but I think Smoltz is every bit as good as Romo on the baseball side of things, and he knows that game so, so well. Yeah, Smoltz is good, but we just did a story in Sports Business Journal. This is uh, the 25th anniversary of uh, Fox having the uh, the World Series. Wow. doesn't if seem like it's been that, that long. I know it. If you, but you think about the past 25 years, and you know the Cubs winning the World Series, and and uh, you know the the home run chase back in you know the late 90s, and the the Red Sox winning the World Series. These are all with Joe Buck as a soundtrack, and the, the, the to think that Joe Buck is sort of like, you know, he's been the soundtrack for baseball for the past 25 years. Like mm. he started there at like a 27 year old. I, I, I don't think we'll, we'll see this run ever again in, uh, in, in terms of TV sports. It's a, it's a pretty phenomenal job. Yeah, he does a great job. And I think he and Smoltz have a really good chemistry. You can tell. So that makes a big difference uh, in, in watching the games as well. We lost an icon today, both on the field, but also in the broadcast booth, Joe Morgan, was part of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN for over 20 years, Hall of Fame second baseman for the Cincinnati Reds and a few other teams. But, uh, you know, whenever I listen to him, I learn something about the game. He took us inside the game. He had a, a great smile whenever he started the broadcast with Johnny Miller. You know, it, it was just like a, a fun, hey, we're here to watch baseball and a big smile. I'll, I'll greatly miss him. Yeah, you talk about Buck and, uh, and Smoltz. I thought John Miller and, uh, and Joe Morgan just had a great rapport. I could I could sit down and, and just listen to the, the two of them just call a game, and they, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if there were any like memorable calls they had. I, I just know that there was a feeling that I had when I just sat down to listen to them that, that you know I just invited them into my home like every Sunday night, and uh, uh, that, that was a, that that did affect me when I saw, saw that about Joe today. Yeah. Are there any stories you're covering right now between now and the end of the year trends that we should be paying attention to? You know, the, the, uh, the, the there are two and, and we hit them head on them both here. Uh, the, the whole cord cutting trend uh, is, uh, is fascinating to me. Um, every single economic downturn of my life, uh, cable subscriptions have, have uh, risen. I've, more people have subscribed to cable because they saw it as sort of a, a low cost alternative to, going out to dinner or going out to the movies, you know, so, um, uh, so it was interesting to see what would happen in this economic downturn. Cause we had seen the cord cutting trend, uh, go as well. And so I, with, uh, everything happening, uh, this year, it was, it was going to be interesting to me to see what, tr- which one of those two trends would take hold. And it looks like cord, the cord cutting trend took hold and, and it's really accelerated. And I think that, trying to figure out when uh what bottom is trying to figure out you know when the cord cutting stops dropping precipitously is a key um th- that's just a key story for everybody in the, that everybody in the business is sort of focused on uh whether or not you're in media or in the leagues uh and uh, despite what mark cuban said p- uh, people are so interested in ratings it, it's a uh, you know just how how the ratings are going to hold up 
through the presidential election uh, and should, uh, every political pundit is predicting that we're not going to know on November 3rd who's going to be the next president. So how long that goes on for, and that's going to continue to take a bite out of, out of, uh, um, you know, sports TV ratings as well. So those are, those are two, two trend stories that I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on. Yeah, didn't I see something from you in, in your newsletter talking about how when there's been a presidential election, NFL ratings have been down for like the last six presidential elections. Didn't you write that? Yeah, that, that was from a, a letter that one of the top media executives in the NFL, Brian Rollup, sent to all the teams saying just, just kind of imploring them not to lose their heads when they see headlines about the declining ratings because they were expecting ratings to be down anyway. Frankly, the NFL ratings uh, through week four through 25 percent of the season were down uh, in total around 10 percent which is an amazing number for the league. I mean, that's that's a big win for the league considering the the news networks are up a, a huge amount because of the, the election coverage. Competition is is higher than it's ever been uh, for, for the NFL. So the, the NFL is sitting so pretty right now, even though the, the, the rating story can be spun as a, a negative story. Last question, and this is a big one. We've seen the NFL, because it's being played outside the bubble, have a number of different teams where COVID is running through the locker room. The Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots, the New York Jets, a few others. What's What happens in the worst case scenario if the NFL either says we need to take a break of a few weeks or a month during the middle of the season or you know what, we can't make it all the way through the season and thus we don't have the Super Bowl. Is there, I know we talked last time you were on about kind of the doomsday scenario with the Olympics next year, but is there a doomsday scenario that the NFL has prepared for if the season gets shut down? Yeah, the NFL is prepared for for all of the above. Uh, the, the NFL has built into its uh, schedule, you know, that they can they, they can extend out uh, by a week or two. I mean, uh, right, right now, uh, if... Uh, if I were a betting man, I would bet that there would be no pro ball and that that that, that sort of bye week will be will be taken away. They can, you know, uh, move move the Super Bowl date uh, by a week or two and, and keep keep it in in Tampa. We don't even know if they're going to be fans at the Super Bowl or how that's going to look. So they, the 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 one thing about the NFL right now is that uh, the, they are taking a look at every potential scenario, including a doomsday scenario. I mean, to me, it shows that every, everything's kind of on the table. Do you think that, you know, I've seen a few of these games be pushed to Monday or Tuesday. If I'm ESPN, I'm not thrilled if I'm sharing that night or even have a good game coming the next night because I kind of owned Monday night. Are you kidding? If you're ESPN, you have to, be, I, I would think you would be furious. And the first time they moved, uh, the game, it was um, the Kansas City game, Patriots game, Monday right. night. Yeah, I called. I called all my sources at ESPN, waiting to write that story about how angry they were. And Brian, we're in COVID. You know, everybody's just trying to like get through this, and everybody's yeah. trying to to you know, uh, nobody's trying to, to to hold the line on anything. Uh, they, they they everybody understands what's what's happening, and and uh, you know. Nobody, nobody likes it. The NFL doesn't like it. For uh, CBS didn't like it. ESPN didn't like it. But they're trying to uh, just kind of do whatever they can do. John Orand, he is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. You can follow him on Twitter at o u r a n d underscore s b j. John, always enjoy our conversations. Thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. CBDMD is the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio, and I couldn't be happier. Their products have made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my daughter's life, even our dog's life. I was having a difficult time sleeping, and CBDMD CBD PM drops and capsules have allowed me to sleep better than I have in years. CBD Freeze has been amazing for my daughter and I after we work out. Even our dog loves CBDMD's soft chews. They've got a great array of products. And one of the things I like the most about CBDMD's products, they're all THC-free. That was very important to me. CBDMD is also the first American CBD company to be publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Check them out under the ticker symbol YCBD. 
athletes such as two-time Masters champion golfer Bubba Watson, former NFL wide receiver turned broadcaster Nate Burleson, and UFC athletes Daniel Cormier and Chael Sonnen use CBDMD's high-quality products. Change your quality of life just like I did. These are anxious times for a lot of us, and CBDMD's products have helped me sleep better and just live a, a higher quality of life. Visit CBDMD.com and enter the promo code SBR to save 25% off at checkout. That's CBDMD.com, promo code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD, and Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.